And we're back. Let's see. Where were we? Oh, yes. Writhing Tide Part 2. But there's one more thing we need to go over before we dive in. And that is the crew. The crew also has races. They have 10 dice because there's 10 of them. And you can split them up into different groups, like five and five or three and seven. And each group will do something different aboard the ship. And the crew can only do one task according to their group. So if you split them up into five and five, it's five raises to do one thing, five raises to do another thing. So like five raises for cannons, five raises for fighting off oncoming eels. So Jesse, since you're captain, you have 10 raises. You can distribute them into two groups. Damn. Well, currently I would assume Jory and Agnes would be one little squad. Who else is on deck? The top deck. Let's see. You've got Charles. You've got Roz. Hawthorne. Cosette, and everybody else is below decks. So Klaus, Ursa, obviously, Jory, Agnes, and Wayland. I'm just talking NPCs right now. He's also a capital H hero. He's also a player, so. He's also a fucking loser. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going with that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. You woke up late, and you're also disobeying orders. Jesse has no room to talk. I am currently conversing with a proper heroic spirit. You talk to the fucking devil. I'm sorry, is this heroic spirit your captain? In this moment? <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't think the sea needs any more salt, Jesse. Actually, you only have nine raises because Mama Coco is out. She is predisposed doing things. So you have nine raises. Roz, Charles, Cassette, Reptop, Klaus, Boots, Jari. You don't have to split them up according to where people are. You have nine raises. Split them up however you wish. Okay. All right. Then, then everyone on the top deck, one group. Everyone below decks, another group. Everyone on top deck is preventing everyone else from falling into the drink. Everyone below deck is preventing any damage to the hull, or fixing any damage to the hull, I should say. Okay. Perfect. So, Jesse, you've got nine raises. We're starting with you. Oh, God. I would assume the opportunity hasn't shown itself yet. You'll make that known. Yep, I will make it known. Great. You're at the helm. These eels are rocking the ship back and forth. When you put your hand at 11 and 3, you can feel the jerks and the movements. Almost every single large hit as the eels are moving you in the water forward. All right, here we go. How many raises is it to stay on course? I think it's going to be five raises to stay on course. Because these eels are just going in a general forward direction. Say less. <laughs> With his quick reflexes, Jesse holds on and is very minutely moving with with where the White Rose wants to take him. I will use five races. Awesome. 
Every once in a while, the eels are writhing to the point where they tilt the ship to the left and start to veer it, subtly just move it back, yep. making sure not to cut the wheel so hard that the rudder smacks them. Yeah, he'll feel the wheels start to turn and he'll turn it with not letting it go, but he will let it go where it wants to. It's almost like fishing. You're holding on and you let the eels take it for a little while. And then once they calm down, you grab it back, bring them back in, get them back on course. It's just like fishing. Does Jesse start to feel any breeze? You are going at a good enough clip that there is breeze not coming from behind you. Jesse takes a deep, long breath. (sighs) And his vision starts to go fuzzy for a moment. And he starts to drift and he catches himself back on the helm gets a little lightheaded for a moment shakes his head and refocuses back Roz keep me awake it's the eels turn they have six raises oh f and I'm going to spend three raises one of them is to jerk the ship and cause it to tilt in such a drastic degree that a couple of the crew members lean very far over to one side. Not quite all the way overboard, but very, very close. Roz swings way out farther than he should. And two raises. Jesse, as you're holding the helm and looking, you see there are two of these things that have made their way, unfortunately, on the deck of the ship. Now, to describe them, I want you to take a velociraptor. I want you to cut off its head and its tail, combine the two, open the Velociraptor's mouth, put another jaw inside there, and put two more eyes above and below its normal eyes, as well as small little fins. Someone's been spending too much time in the spore creature creator. Maybe. Thanks. I hate it. There are two of these things on deck. How big are they? They're like six feet long. Take two cannons, put them together. Jesus. Great. So yeah, like seven, eight feet. Eels on deck, everyone. Eyes up. One of them slithers down below deck. You hear Jory? Oh, get the cannons. Agnes, the fuck is that? Agnes, what is that? I'm going to spend the six lower raises. So you're going to hear as an eel slithers down there. You hear Jory? Push it. Push it. Get it down there. Arsa! The eels are making noise. They're writhing and slithering and like snapping their jaws. And there's a deep guttural noise coming from the build. Because you're holding the helm and because you can actually feel everything, there is a, a sizable thud that reverberates through the floor. Through the helm and in In's hands. Oh, Ursa found it. <laughs> We're back at fours. Jesse, your four raises. Jesse feels the rose start to turn in a certain way, and he holds true because it's going to turn a little bit too much. He knows the parameters of the ship well enough that he can hold it. As you're doing that, Roz swings down, engages with the eel, and grabs it by the tail and goes to hoist it and chuck it off back into the water. As you're holding true, the ship all of a sudden jerks. It jars you for a second. And Roz, as he was letting go of the eel, lets go of the rope. Where is he falling? He is falling forward, the front of the ship. There is a rope just like on the deck 
for no reason. It's just kind of like laying there. You have told me that every rope has a reason. <laughs> I will spend one raise. There's probably one by Jesse that's like on a pivot system and he'd reach over and snag it real quick to help him. A rope near you and a pulley system starts to go and a weight is dropped somewhere and the rope goes out and Roz grabs the rope, gives him enough momentum to launch himself back and he lands on the deck and rolls across. Get your head back in a game. Back up in the riggins, Roz. Let's go. Hi, Capitano. And Roz just flies up into the rigging. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. Fucking amazing. You have eels at three. Jesse, as you're holding the helm and moving everything, you feel the eels lurch and turn the ship towards something, and you see the glint of sand as waves move away from the hidden sand shoal that's there. And I'm going to spend all of those raises to try and beach the ship on a shoal that's in your way. Zoe? Yeah? Where's the anchor? It's in the back. What side? You have two anchors. You have right and left. Which way are we turning? You're turning to the right. So, hold on. How close to the right are we moving? I don't want to get too lost in the sauce here. What I'm establishing is that I've spent three raises to beach the ship. If you don't spend at least three raises back, the ship is going to be temporarily beached or it's going to hit that shoal and deal damage. How many raises does the top crew have? Three. I'm going to spend those three. Charles, grab the anchor. Drop it on my mark. Aye, Captain. Jesse pulls hard to the left. Now, drop it. Boom. Drops the anchor. The anchor, hear the chain reeling out and you grab the helm and go. We are Aragos and drifting. You are Aragosta drifting this ship away from that shoal. Charas, left her and get us back straight. Hi, Captain. I imagine that the helm is trying to move right, and Jesse's right hand is very firmly holding steady very easily until they get straightened out, and he holds on. Yep, Hawthorne comes over in a helping up the anchor, and, and you guys are away. That brings us to Wayland. The camera is doing a panoramic view of the ship as it is moving very slowly through the water thanks to these eels, which are also rocking the ship from to and fro, back and forth, slithering their way onto the top deck, into the porthole windows, actually getting inside the ship, and the camera does a fast zoom up the front of the ship all the way to the back to see Captain Jesse Nakansa screaming for his master-at-arms. And then the camera sinks below the floor and into the captain's quarters, where we find Wayland and Shade. Wayland. Yeah. You're in utter darkness. There are no sounds, no voices, even though you know very well that there is chaos outside. And you blink, and then all of a sudden there is imagery. In front of you, there is a deck of a ship, a ship you remember. There are shadows of people, and you realize that they don't have any color to them. But as you acknowledge the fact that someone is there, you see the brilliant blues of an ATC coat, and then they fade into the ambiance. Anything that you look at will start to flash a color, and you see... Audra, as she was, 
very well put together, very proper. And she does have detail to her as she comes up to you and says, I suppose we're ready to make way now that the Commandant has taken up residence in his estate. Shall we weigh anchor, Captain? Am I in the memory? You're there, but there's an image in front of you of who you were, and that person is responding exactly how you did. Thank you, Audra. Do you feel... Does something strike you as wrong about this? You mean other than the Commandant's peculiar taste in wigs? The fact that we haven't seen the ledger, the fact that we don't know what our cargo is, it it doesn't sit right with me. If I have your leave to speak freely, sir? You may speak freely. Commandant or not, you are the captain of this ship, and it is your right to know what cargo we are carrying, especially since we will be going into treacherous waters infested with monsters. It would put my heart at ease knowing what we're carrying so far for so long. You and I are in agreement on that. What strikes me as odd, Captain, is that our cargo has guards. The Commandant seems to insist that whatever precious cargo we are carrying requires surveillance. That version of Wayland lifts his hand as he looks around the deck, and just so that Audra can see... Coming up from underneath the coat, his hand shimmers a little bit, like it's fading in and out of existence. When we're out to sea for a few days, I'll see if I can't glean any further information. We are on orders from the Queen here. Wayland, would you like to spend a raise to activate the opportunity that is presented to you here? Yes. Yes, I would. Audra gives you a polite smile that she gives everyone. And when she does, you see that her irises slit and then become normal again. As below, so above. I'll see what the Commandant is hiding. That's why I count on you, Audra. Thank you, my friend. By your will, Samwell. The scene shifts as the shadows move, the wind takes the ship, and you guys are out at sea. It's the dead of night. There is no moon. And when you look up to see the stars, they're shadowy, but they don't give off any light. Again, you are meeting with Audra, and she does look different. And not in the sense that she was different when you met her again. Her hair is kind of moving on its own, almost as if there's a wind that just moves it for her. Her eyes are entirely silver with cat slits. And as she's approaching you, there is a, not ghostly, but an after image of a very large cat-like creature. You can see the giant fangs. You can see the nose and the ears up above her head. And as she shakes her head, it vanishes and she approaches you. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like this at all. In that, we agree. You first. There seems to be official documentation signing on the release of the cargo to Rourke himself on the docks when we land. What? To what end? I'm unsure. It was mostly letters back and forth from Rourke and the Commandant himself. No specifics as to what the cargo is. Found the cargo. And? It's 
people, Audra. It's women, children, men, all ages. Audra retches and keeps her mouth close so that she doesn't awaken anybody else. What are we going to do? We have to stop this. And how do you propose we do that without blowing our cover? I, I don't... I don't know. I need... I need time to think. Right. I need time... Right. I need time that we don't have. We have a couple of days until we make port, alright? A couple of days? A couple of days? It, Samuel, be still. That's not enough time to get back to the Queen. It's not enough time to alert anyone. We, we can't... Wayland, as your afterimage of you is visibly getting upset, and Audra's trying to calm you down because you're going to raise the alarm, you are set back, and there is a shadowy figure standing next to you, and their head tilts towards you. I was doing what I thought was right. I know what I've done. Be more specific. I broke my geyser. Do not let your passions rule you. But I, I was acting in accordance with queen and country. Slavery does not stand. Not when a member of the Glamour Isles can do anything to stop it. Selfish human. The shadows encroach, surrounding everything except for Audra's image. You know not what you have done. I will show you. They reach out to grab at Audra's image, and everything shifts. Everything violently changes. And it is the night of when you slaughtered the crew. You are down below decks, you are firing pistols, you are stabbing soldiers as they are in the galley eating food, just realizing that a coup is happening. In mid-conversation, someone was very much asleep and you just slit their throat. Meanwhile, Audra is covered in blood. She's got a few gunshots herself, a couple of stab wounds, as you both meet in the middle to storm the captain's quarters together. As you're walking up the steps, as you're standing beside each other, you're watching this, and both of you have that same resolve. Just cold. Ice-cold fury. There's nothing else. Audra, not only is her face splattered in blood, but there are tears just cascading down her face. She's visibly shaking when she kicks the door to the captain's quarters open, and you just pull out your pistol and walk directly up to who is sitting there. And it's the commandant, and he's got this big fancy wig on, and he's a portly gentleman. What's all this, then? What's this about? And Audra puts her blade directly at his neck. You know very well what this is about. Wayland, you're standing there behind yourself as he's trying to plead his case. And Audra is keeping her cool. You can see it on her face. All of her emotions are leaking out of her eyes or in her hands. She doesn't actually say anything. And as the Commandant is trying to plead his case, the afterimage of you gets so angry that you shove the pistol in his mouth and fire and then hack away at his body. You keep stabbing him and hitting him. You pull the gun out, flip it, and smack him in the face. He falls back to the chair and you get down on him and you beat him into a hole. Audra grabs you. Sam, stop. Stop it. That's enough. There's nothing left. Right. We have to go. Now. Audra points in the corner where the turn is 
where they send letters to land, the turn is gone. All right. Sam. Get everyone. I won't. Get everyone onto the rowboats. I'll take care of everything here. Samuel. I'll meet you on deck. Promise me you won't do anything stupid. I, I promise. The image shifts and you're on the deck and you grab the helm. You see Audra in a boat across the way, out at sea. You see the glint of her gun. You see the glint of her eyes and this cat image shows up and you know she's going to fire at you. But what you didn't tell her was that you subsume the ship. Waylon grips the helm tight, and as he does, shadow seems to seep from his musculature, sinks into the wood. You see as the camera follows the shadow through the ship, going between cracks, sinking all the way through the hull, each level of the ship, the camera pans and flashes as the shadow creeps its way up onto the bow of the ship. And then the camera flashes back to Wayland. <sighs> and he looks to Audra. A shot blooms. We just see red above your heart. Not a killing blow. It actually misses all of your internal organs. The camera pans back all of a sudden to Audra. And we see the ship erupt into splinters. As if it just took a massive cannon hit. As the ship erupts, there's no fire. It's just a huge gust of wind just blew it apart like a bundle of tinder. The camera flashes all the way back to Audra, who is holding the gun, and she drops it. You promised. Samuel, you promised. And then an explosion happens because things are moving in the ship causes sparks, hits the gunpowder, the ship goes down, and Audra, she tries to leap out of the boat, and the hurry hold her, and she's screaming to the heavens. The camera pans up, and there is no moon, no stars, everything is black, and we come back to the darkness in the captain's quarters, and Shade is standing before you. What have I done? More than you know. I didn't know. How could you know? I'm sorry. Don't apologize to me. Am I talking to Shade or am I talking to Paga? You are talking to Shade, who has the mantle of Paga right now. Why? Why vanish? Why be the forgotten? Because I cannot change my nature. It's who I tried to be. It's what I tried to do that day. To disappear into history. Like you. Why did you do it? There is a sad smile on their face. Because if the world knew that one of the knights was Fae, they would have hated us. I closed the gate to Bryn Brussel. I made it so that she and humans could live their own separate lives again. Do you want to know why I did it? Because my friend asked me to. Against all of my judgments, against all of my betterment, against my own nature, I did it. Because my friendship was worth more than all of that. Your world may not remember me, and perhaps that's for the best. 
but I know in my heart of hearts, with all of my being, there is but one that always will. So shall it be. I will... I will do everything I can. Everything. To save her. From the fate that I have condemned her to. I will not forsake my friend. They lean very close to you. Look you dead in the eyes. It is too late for her. But not for someone else. Who? And then all of the light all of a sudden comes back. And you're in the captain's quarters. And you hear Jesse's voice call out. Wayland. As all of the shadow vanishes, so does Shade. They're gone. You're in the captain's quarters alone. You're in the moment now. And Luciana is flitting back and forth in front of your eyes, trying to get you to focus. Lucy, I'm back. She twitters very happily and flies out of the little hole that's made for her. And I kick open the door, spear in hand, and just assess everything. Waylon, you kick open the captain's quarters door. There's a lot of fucking shit going on. (laughs) You just see... Roz land back on the ship, roll and grab a rope and get hoisted up. You hear the sound of the chain dropping and the ship leaning all of a sudden to the right. You feel the boat just skim the sand. You can hear the grating as the ship is just turning all of a sudden. Is there any damage to the ship? Not currently, no. Okay, good to know. How many raisins you got? I have two left. Okay. All right, I'm going to shout up to Jesse. Captain! I took you long enough. I was busy. What can I do? I am spending two danger points. There is a noise. Some kind of slithering, slurching, snapping noise as an eel flops up on deck and starts to slither towards Charles. Charles is busy making sure that the anchor is locked. It's not quite all the way there yet. The piston hasn't dropped, so he's busy doing that. He does not see the eel behind him. Keep those fucking ears off my ship, Master Greywell. Aye, aye. I am going to spend however many raises it takes to take my hook spear, hook it onto the railing, hoist myself up and bring it up as I do, grab the eel with the hook by the tail, spin it around and chuck it off the side of the ship. Spend two. I will and watch the ropes. God damn it. I'm spending my third danger point. The camera is following Roz as he's swinging with determination from the ropes, grabbing each one individually and finally holding one of the main mast lines in his hands, landing on the railing in front of the captain. (sighs) Capitano, the eels, they seem to be coming down. Aye, that's not exactly what we want, but uh, all right. The camera is still focused at Roz and we see all of the color leave his face and he blinks several times as if trying to process 
what he's seeing. Capitano. Oh no. Roz, what is it? Roz makes the sign of the cross over his chest. Behind us. Jesse looks over his shoulder. What does he see? There is a tear in the world. A jagged cut just starts to appear. It's red and dripping. And it opens and a red ship comes out of it. Fuck. Wayland, with your eagle eyes, you see emblazoned in pretty much blood, the red ghost. Oh no. The camera sees through Wayland's eyes. You see the name, you look up to the deck, you see this person holding their hand with blood and a knife in their hand. They put the knife away, put a napkin on their hand. There are several of them, not just one. And behind them, you see Maeve biting at the railing and shaking it and pointing. And then you see at the helm, this man, dark black curly wig with a beautiful hat on and a brilliant red coat. And he smiles. Freddy magic. I see Captain Strahd has come. Join in the fray. I appears that way. Roz just continues to make the sign of the cross over and over again. Roz, keep your eyes up in the riggins now. Roz! You hear me? See. Focus. See, Capitano. Hawthorne is visibly retching because the ship just came out of a bloody portal. We're now perpendicular to them. They are right behind us. Not right behind you. There's going to be a little bit of a buffer, but they are super fucking close. Oh, okay. They are way too close for comfort. Meanwhile, there is still no wind. So if there's no wind, they're not moving either. They've just come out of the portal into no wind. Are the eels coming down? Yeah, the eels are coming down. You're not moving any slower, but they're not actively trying to come up on deck now. We're moving. You're moving, yeah. Roz, get the sails down. Bring them full. Hi, Capitano! Jesse raises his right hand and snaps. I'm going to use a hero point and pull a storm. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Jesse, describe to us... What happens when you snap your fingers? How do we tell a storm is coming on the sea? A dead sea. The moment the snap emanates from his fingers, there is a low, distant rumble of thunder from afar that just echoes just from one side of the ship to the other. And it slowly builds up. And you probably wouldn't know anything had happened. Over the commotion, probably wouldn't have heard it at first. And so it is very sudden... There's a very heavy moment of hesitation, another deep sigh, and he's looking dead on. He says, all right, lads, bear with me. Wayland is looking at Jesse, just like, what? The sails, which were dead and not moving at all, all of a sudden. Roz, catch that. The main yard starts to move to catch it. And as soon as it does, the sail starts to billow. The eels are still moving you, but now you're moving faster. Jesse holds true. How many raises you got left? Three. Okay. 
There is cannon fire from behind you. Jeffy doesn't look. And it splashes into the water near the side and hits a bunch of eels. And Jesse, as you're holding the helm, as that happens, the help that you got from the eels, you feel it all of a sudden just stop. And from below deck, you hear Mama Coco scream. And then the eels start to frenzy. It sounds like rain starts off slow. But from below deck. You hear Ursa's bellowing. Captain! Will and Charles, go get a couple of barrels. We need to move now. Has the hull been breached? Your ship has taken one critical hit from the eels, yes. I can do you one better, Captain. Wayland is going to stick his staff, stick it into the planks of the boreboards, and he grabs the staff with both hands as his eyes flash. You see green energy, almost like vines, coming from his musculature, and they shoot all the way down the staff through the ship. And I will spend a hero point to use Mend Ship. Okay. That's fucking delightful. As the energy pulls through, almost like it was fresh wood growing from the ground, the wood of the ship grows back together. You can hear the creaking as the ship starts to mend itself. It's going to take a little bit. As that's going on, you have no more raises. Through the blood dripping down Jesse's face, there is a very obvious and very satisfied smile. The camera sees everything. Wayland, you feel the holes, almost as if they're in you, and you feel them start to mend. And as you're focusing, you get this brief image of one of the eel-looking things. But its head is bigger, it's got more elaborate fins, it's brightly colored... It's got more teeth, a third jaw on the inside, and it looks damaged. It looks like it's in pain, but it's just a astral image of it. And you see Mama Coco's face also writhing in pain. You just get that brief image as the two magics collide with each other. Jesse, you still have raises. Spend them, please. Tell me what you're doing. Oh, God. Okay. Jesse, Mama Coco is not doing great. She's hurt. Bad. Charles, do me a favor. I got him. He just lets go of the helm and he heads over to the rails. Grabs it. Aye, sir! He's going to slide down the rails and head down to the quarters. He stumbles partially down the stairs and he face plants against the boards of the deck. picks himself back up and is holding his head and has grabbed the wall. As you go down there, Jory has finally set up one of the cannons so he can fire at the eels. Jory, no! Captain! Jory, hold your fire! Hang on a moment. Jory lifts the cannon back up. Agnes, make sure that boy doesn't shoot anything. He lowers and you see Agnes just like whack him in the back of the head and he's like, oh, fuck! Mama Coco's quarters is beneath where yours are at the back of the ship. You hear all sorts of 
nonsense. Not only are you hearing the eels like bumping up against the ship, their tails slapping because they're frenzied, you hear writhing within the quarters. He bangs on the door. Farasen! And you don't hear anything. There's no response. Ah, oh, damn it. He's gonna open the door. You spend a raise? I'm spending a raise to open the door. Yeah, you're not just opening a door here. I would also like to offer you if you would like to spend another raise to prevent whatever is about to happen. No, because I'm waiting for the opportunity to show up for Jesse. Cool. You open the door. You see this eel, this large mouthed eel thing astrally projected from Mama Coco. She is on the ground, writhing around as if she is the eel. And you see this person sitting in her quarters, watching out the window. And as soon as an eel gets to her porthole, he puts his hand up and the eel gets blasted away back into the water. And as soon as the door opens, you see just briefly skeletal face looks with a raised question mark and disappears. And then the astral projection of the eel disappears. And it's just Mama Coco lying down on the ground, breathing heavily. Jessie slides over to her side and places a hand on her shoulder. Coco, you need to get up. What have you done? Get to the top decks with me. Come on. What? Jessie, what have you done? We'll talk about it later. As she's trying to get an answer out of you, there is an eel face that smashes through the porthole and is writhing around trying to bite at Coco and she pushes you aside. I can't control them now. The eel is getting closer and closer and writhing as it's like wiggling its way like a cat. And he stumbles into the door and falls back onto the ground. God, fuck, be, fuck, be gentle. I imagine that Mama Coco gets out of the quarters and he's like scrambling away. She slams the door as the eel like smashes up against it and you hear writhing and all sorts of things going on. She locks it. Ah! To the top deck, Mama Coco, let's move. We've got the red ghost behind us. Jesse! Jesse puts up a hand as if to say, nope, not now. And he pulls himself up to his feet again. Other hand on the wall, guides himself back up. You're going up top deck and Mama Coco's helping you and Hawthorne's running around. They have tears running from their eyes because they are literally witnessing the ship repair itself. They cannot believe what is happening. At one point, Hawthorne sees that a spear of something is in the ship and watches it regenerate itself. And they're just on their knees. They must be praised. There is a God. Cosette is holding onto the railing and she looks at you and she looks at the red ghost. She looks at you again. There's an opportunity here. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm going to spend that raise. Cosette looks at you, grabs the knife, cuts her hand, reaches into a void and comes back out. She actually gets caught on something, grabs her other arm. A little help would be nice. Yep. Jesse comes up and helps pull. And you yank, and Mama Coco gets behind you, and then Hawthorne, and then Charles, and they all pull at once. 
and something comes free. You hear the sound of crackling wood as something comes free. As that comes out, the other hand comes and closes the hole that she made. And she drops whatever she had grabbed on the deck. Cosette. Jesse looks down at whatever it is and grabs a rag from his coat and hands it over to Cosette. What do you got here for us? She takes it and you see a red canvas and you turn and you look. Main canvases has a giant hole in it now. So just like part of the main canvas? There's actually part of the main sail. There's just a hole. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Cosette. Roz. Roz does a 360 degree flip as he lands on the net rope next to where the captain is right now. Capitano. Hi, lads. I have an important question for you, and I need you to be truthful with me right now. You understand me? Roz, Hawthorne, and Charles turn to look at their captain expectantly. Stand and fight, or do we move? They all look at each other until Charles is the first to look back at the captain. Roz, what's the name of our ship? La Rosa Blanca. And Hawthorn, what's she famous for? Being an infamous pirate ship, of course. Begging your pardon, Miss Cazette. What is it that pirates do? They fight to the very last. And what does a white rose do to thorns in her side? Call Call them. them. Raz, the colors. Oh, I was hoping you would say that. See, Capitano, immediately. Raz climbs the rope net like a monkey as fast as humanly possible and leaps off the end of it to grab a rope on the main mast. The camera is focused on the main mast as the flag is rising. It unfocuses so that we can see the red ship directly behind, if not perpendicular now, to La Rosa Blanca. And behind that, on the horizon, we see this difference in color between the sea and the storm. And it is swiftly approaching. The camera refocuses back on the black flag of La Rosa Blanca. (sighs) What's the phrase? Out of the frying pan and into the fire? Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, the next time you visit, we'll delve right into our very first naval combat scene involving La Rosa Blanca and, unfortunately, the Red Ghost of the Crimson Fleet. Anyway, we'll see you then. Be safe and well.